Hello, survivalists. This is the Crux True Survival Stories, and I'm your host, Casey McIntosh, joined as usual by my lovely and wonderful sister, Tessa King. Thanks for recognizing it. <laughs> Finally, right? <laughs> um, well, you did just buy me coffee. That oh, so you're sucking up to me is what you're saying. Um, no, I'm just overly grateful at the moment. Okay. Today, I will be telling you the story of Andrew Devers. He was lost for nine days in the wilderness. Andrew is a 25-year-old male who set off for a day of adventure that turned into a grueling fight for survival. He went on a day hike in Washington State Wilderness, but quickly got lost on a poorly maintained trail. His girlfriend posted a notice that he was missing, and this is what it said. Andrew Devers, age 25, 5 foot 10 inches, brown eyes, long, dark brown hair to the middle of his back, scruffy beard, using a small gray backpack. He went out Friday, June 18th. Search and rescue teams had gone out on Monday, June 21st without any luck. This is Andrew's story. Devers worked in the Seattle area and he's been working in sales. He had gone about 10 hikes in his entire life and didn't have any wilderness related skills. He mentioned that over the past few summers leading up to this most recent summer that he'd gone on two to three hikes per summer and said, quote, I was fairly confident in my ability, but I'm not Bear Gryllis, end quote. <laughs> this guy I has mean, a... Same? <laughs> same. Yeah, it's kind of a... That's a big window, dude. It's a big window, very big window. You're going to find that Andrew has a really good sense of humor. I like him already. Yeah. It was 10 or 11 in the morning, and he didn't want to be any inside anymore. It was just one of those days where he was like, I have to get out of the house. He brought with him his backpack with a thermos of water, a can of SpaghettiOs, and then found two Mountain Dews in the back of his trunk, and he was like, I'll just throw them in. Oh, yeah. Normal hiking gear. I mean, why not? You might need some caffeine. He decided to go on a day hike in an area that he wasn't really familiar with the Pratt River Trail, which is near North Bend, Washington. Here's the description of the Pratt River Trail from alltrails.com. Pratt River Trail is a 9.2 mile moderately trafficked out and back trail located near North Bend, Washington, that features a river and is good for all skill levels. The trail is primarily used for hiking, camping, and backpacking, and is best used from May until October. There are some reviews on the website regarding the trail, and one commenter mentioned that within 2.5 miles of the trail, the trailhead, it became difficult to follow, so she ended up turning around. And I'm guessing Andrew did not. (laughs) It was a beautiful day. There was a light breeze, and the sun was flitting through the trees. There's a bridge and great views of the river and the surrounding mountains. And Andrew was actually really enjoying himself on this hike. He stated, quote, This is my first hike where the path wasn't necessarily set and super clear. Other ones are a lot wider and a lot more obvious where the path was. And there were some parts of the trail where you just had to shoulder your way through trees or push through bushes. I started realizing that I wasn't going the way I wanted when I saw a sign that said something like avalanche. I went a little further than that and I turned around. I didn't want to finish the trail. By the time I got back, the avalanche had completely changed the scenery of the trail. It was already a confusing trail, but I thought that I knew where I was going. I was in my head for 40 or 50 minutes before I turned around and suddenly there's no trail, end quote. So there's just a sign for the avalanche 
There wasn't actually snow. No, I think this was an avalanche an avalanche like, path that where the maybe, trees were all crushed over and okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it, just clarifying. It just changed the scenery. Exactly. Made the trail harder to follow. I gotcha, I gotcha. He said, nothing around me seems like the obvious way to go. So then I just start trying to find voices. I called out and said I was lost. But what I didn't realize was that the river and the water really carries sound a lot differently. So he he ended up thinking that people were a lot closer than they actually were, which is really interesting because I've never thought about the fact that sound probably carries down waterways just like it does through the ground, but maybe even more so. It totally does. Have you ever been on the lake or sitting on the beach and you can hear people talking on their paddle boards across the lake? Uh, I have not had that experience. Crystal clear. Yeah. That's really cool. So be careful about what you're saying (laughs) on the lake just in case it's private because people on the beach might be able to hear you. That is really weird, but cool. Mm -hmm. So he started looking for landmarks and initially was not panicking, but minutes turned into hours. He said that he legitimately didn't know where he was, but he didn't consider himself lost and was hopeful that he would be able to find his way again, which is surprising because in, in this situation, I would find myself panicking right away and thinking, I have, I'm really doomed. I have no idea where to go. But he held out for hours thinking, I'm not lost. It's okay. I'm not lost. I'll, I'll be fine. That's probably a better, more productive way to be. I think it if is you too. can be. Yeah, for sure. He was terrified when night fell on the first night, thinking about his lack of survival skills. He was not feeling very confident in his abilities. He said, quote, the first night was weird. I told myself, oh, this is like a movie now. I guess we have to find a place to sleep. This tree looks nice. I guess we have to find a place to sleep. (laughs) This ground looks soft. Let's elevate my head. Let's sleep with my feet off the floor. Let's make sure I'm warm and covered. It felt like a mini vacation, almost. I opened up my backpack and used it to cover my feet. It was like an eighth of a sleeping bag. I I have a tiny torso, so I was able to bring my shirt above my knees. I used my luscious long hair as a pillow. I knew my girlfriend would be upset that I wasn't home, but she'd she'd be all right tomorrow. I didn't feel any concern that night, end quote. It's like an eighth of a sleeping bag. <laughs> I also love that he talked about using his luscious hair as a pillow. In the morning, Andrew filled his thermos in a nearby stream. Initially, his plan was to wait it out and listen for hikers. It was Saturday, so he figured that there would be more foot traffic. He was hearing voices at the stream, and like I mentioned before, later realized that these voices were not coming from anywhere near his body position. They were just traveling. He didn't eat anything for the first few days, and he just maintained on water. I'm not really sure when he broke out the SpaghettiOs or even how he opened the can of SpaghettiOs. Well, his teeth. (laughs) Maybe with a rock. I don't know. Maybe he had a can opener. Like, if he intentionally brought SpaghettiOs, you'd think that he'd have a way to open them. Maybe it's one of those cans that just peels back with a little, you know, Uh it's like a self-opening. Or he had one of those, like, push tab things. Sure. And they just drank out of the top. Yeah. In any case, this is not important to the survival. (laughs) Probably the best tasting can of SpaghettiOs ever consumed by man. I have to guess. Yeah. I'm sure it paired really great with the Mountain Dew. (laughs) So anyway, later, later Deavers saw someone cutting down trees from across the river and he was hollering, but the river was too loud. And also chainsaws are very loud. I don't know if you've ever heard one, but they're very loud. 
In case you've never heard one, they're loud. Just in case. Now you can imagine. So he ended up deciding to cross the river because he knows that there's somebody over there cutting down trees. That's what my line of thinking would be at that moment. I don't know if this is a good decision, but you'll tell me. Plus minus. He said, quote, the current was super fast, so I walked half a mile to find a rock bridge that I could use to cross. I found a spot with six rocks. I made it across five rocks, but on the sixth, it fell out from underneath my feet. I tumbled down the river. I reached out for a branch, but it snapped. And in the moment, my brain decided it would be a really hilarious time to pause and be like, this is like the moment where, from The Lion King where Mufasa dies. <laughs> I was like, Andrew, stand up. This is not the time to have your Disney moment. And I reach for another branch and pull myself up. Shortly after that, I hear what I swear is my girlfriend's voice saying, look here, and to my right is this perfect salmon berry. I follow the berries, which lead me to this perfect oasis where berries surround me, and there's giant moss rock I can sleep on. I was able to recover there for two days while I ate berries and let the wounds heal on my legs. Luckily, he was able to hydrate himself by drinking from the river, and he wasn't really sure if it was safe or not, but he really had no other options. Devers mentioned that he has ADHD, and it's difficult for him to stay put in any place for long. He did continue to yell and shout for people. One night, as Andrew was sleeping, he heard something breathing near him, and he heard footsteps, and he thought it may have been a bear or mountain lion, but unfortunately did not see this large creature. So he just sat there and screamed for about 30 minutes out of fear that he didn't want that creature to come back. (laughs) Um, That's got to be, that's terrifying. Did Coley, our brother, ever tell you the story about how a deer laid down on him in the night while he was camping? (laughs) So on the third and fourth days, Devers could hear helicopters flying overhead. Time changed for him. He became hyper-focused in the moment. Instead of thinking about things that had happened before or things that might happen, he became just really living in the moment. He noted the mental aspect of the situation was more difficult than the physical. When he saw that helicopter on the third day, he called it a huge mental kick in the gut. He said, quote, it was really easy at that point to be like, that's your only way out and give up, he said. At this point, the thoughts of you are actually dying are setting into place, end quote. His thoughts vacillated between fighting for life and giving into the situation he had found himself in. He brought a notebook with him in his backpack, and he spent some time writing in his notebook, both wedding vows to his girlfriend and his will. Wow. So that tells you. He's, Intense. <laughs> he's thinking about, what am I going to do if I survive this situation, and you know, what are other people going to do if I don't? Mm-hmm. And he went from, oh, this is a nice night outside with my eighth of a sleeping bag, <laughs> to I need to write my will right now. Exactly. Devers was not planning on being alone when he died, so he kept pressing on. After some time, he began to lose track of time completely, but he did have a schedule to keep to that was a daily kind of ritual that he came up with, which was wake up, eat, travel, and sleep. By day five, he noticed that small cuts and wounds on his legs were not healing, and his body was just becoming overcome with exhaustion. Also, keep in mind that he was out during the Pacific Northwest record heat wave, um, so between June 23rd and June 28th, which impacted how much distance Devers could cover in a day. 
Yikes. Yes. Yikes. So yeah, like in the hundreds. No, thank you. Uh-huh. In an article by Tom DiLiberto, he stated that Portland, Oregon's average high temperature over this period was 112 degrees Fahrenheit, the hottest three-day period on record um, by astonishing six degrees. Devers said, quote, whenever it was super hot, I had to be around the stream. He said, luckily, because it's not very humid here, as long as I was by the stream and had some form of wind, it was relatively comfortable, end quote. He said that on the final few days of his experience, he had mental psychosis. Devers was hearing helicopters and voices, but he wasn't sure if he was actually fabricating it in his mind or if it was actually happening. Somewhere along the line, he lost his thermos, but he found a small pot and a knife in the woods, which is oh, weird. Really weird and lucky. Yeah. It was, okay. from the, it was from the person that was lost in the woods before him, I Great. guess. On the last evening, Devers heard voices and climbed up a tree. And when he looked down, bingo, he saw the trail. <laughs> yeah. He headed to the trail. That's all it took, huh? Yeah. So yeah. Shoot me up a tree. Yes. He headed to the trail and walked until nightfall, and then he slept on the trail. He said, quote, after eight days... Through the power of spite, berries, and water, I somehow was able to find my way back on the exact same trail I ended up getting lost on. As soon as that happened, the Rocky theme music started playing in my mind. <laughs> that, was really, that was lovely, Tessa. Yeah, anytime. Anything for you. <laughs> I got about a mile and a half or two miles out from the start of the hike. The sunlight was hitting, and I was afraid of popping an ankle, so I just slept on the trail. And then, the next morning, these hikers woke me up. It was like a scene from Baywatch. They were two perfectly in-shape dudes who looked like they were there to save me. They gave me some food and told me they'd get help. They left, but a few hours later, more rescuers appeared, end quote. The runners notified the county sheriff's office. Andrew was taken to a local hospital, but was relatively unscathed, aside from some small scrapes and some muscle wasting. During the days and nights that he was calling for help in his mind out in the wilderness, he discovered that his friends actually had been heading to the trail to look for him. One of his friends, who is an Eagle Scout, flew in from Albuquerque to meet up with another one of his friends, and they actually found his car. His first visitor in the hospital was his girlfriend, Christina. After his return home, Devers had a difficult time adjusting to daily life, noting the air conditioner the air conditioner sounded like helicopters. He had a difficult time relaxing and interacting with people in the first few days after his rescue as well. He said, quote, I am able to see things in the moment and appreciate the moment so much more now, like falling asleep with my cat or Chipotle. <laughs> I didn't think I would experience those things again. It's hard not to feel overwhelming amounts of joy, but at the same time, like overwhelming amounts of guilt for all the people I put through all this. It's painful dealing with those violently different emotions on an equal level. I have no words to describe how grateful I am to the hikers who found me. I'm normally a man with a lot of words, and they left me speechless. Aww. Devers wants to become a volunteer rescue worker to pay it forward and to return the favor, and he plans on continuing to hike for fun. He wants to return to the trail where he got lost at some point, but he's unsure of how that will go. Go with someone else. <laughs> yeah. He also mentioned that he was going to be the most organized hiker ever and that his friends will never let him hike alone again. Good. <laughs> well, 
I wonder if he ever got engaged to his girlfriend since he was, you know, writing wedding vows. I don't know, but it sounds like he has a great sense of humor. I like him already. Well, thanks you guys so much for tuning in and I hope you have a great week. Anything to say, Tessa? Yeah, if you love and support us, like we love and support you, (laughs) leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep it going. Also, you guys can always send us emails at thecruxsurvival at gmail.com if you have anything that you'd like to say or if you have any suggestions for stories. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Have an awesome week. Yeah, yeah. Stay alive until the next one, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.